This is the Gate Charlotte Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. It's been a little while since I've uh, spoke here. I'm excited. You know that you're in a good service when you start sweating before you speak. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, but I did wear deodorant, so I think we're going to be okay today. Um, I, I have had this expectation in me uh, for the last couple of weeks when John had asked me about ministering. And um, I, it's, it's, it's hard to explain. It's hard to put into words. But there's such a sense, every single time that I got to the place of, hey, Lord, what do you want to do this morning? Um, I just kept on seeing a picture right off the bat, even up to about three days ago. And um, I just want to kind of start here. Um, and I think we got that at the tech booth for the gate launch. I think this was the gate launch. Um, but this picture right here, I'm the fat guy on the end right there. <laughs> Uh, but there's something every single time that um, over the last couple of weeks, I was just praying, I said, Lord, what do you want to do this morning? What do you want to do this morning? Um, I kept seeing this picture come up in my mind. I hadn't even seen it in a long time. And there's something about this particular picture. And it's not necessarily the people that are in the picture as much as what God released what God started. And obviously it was started before that, but there was something, and this was the gate launch. How many were there at the gate launch? I'm just curious. Okay. So we got about half, half crowd right now. Um, but there's something that went in motion there um, that is powerful. And I was just thinking about um, what was spoken, and I don't know how big, we weren't very big at that time. It was just smaller crowd. And now it's like, quadrupled it's, it's been absolutely amazing but it was a, a thing with me is the Lord was highlighting and reminding that moment and where he is going where he wants to take um, the church and it was just a it was a powerful in that and I, I felt a real sense and I actually wrote down a couple of things here um, just to start off this morning because I want to speak along these lines um, but as I saw this uh, photo here, um, just a real sense of destiny and purpose. And my sense of that the Lord is breathing on the gate again. Now, you guys are already moving. There's already momentum. But there's something about a Kairos moment. It's an opportune time that the Lord comes in. It's not like he's not moving, but he comes in and there's a fresh breath that comes once again. And I just want to encourage you guys as John and Tiffany, the, the senior leaders here, but also the church, there is movement, there's momentum in the gate. And then John, it, we didn't really talk. We had coffee a couple days ago. I haven't spoke to him in a while, but there's a real sense in just the conversation that we had. I was getting excited because I was like, oh my God, this is actually what I'm feeling that the Lord has been laid on my heart. But he's mentioned in the summer I don't know the time frame necessarily but I feel like that right now that God's going to begin to breathe I, I think there's going to be successive services that probably even work up to the summer but God's going to begin to release something of a fresh and new thing that is on this house and I, I part of my message this morning it's kind of it's kind of weird it's like twofold I feel like I'm speaking to the community in terms of the body of the gate but I also feel like I'm speaking to the individual too but it's it's almost like the Lord's saying you need to dream again you, you get caught in the grind of everyday life and you wake up and two years went by, three years went by, four years went by. And the grind's real. We're going to talk about that for a couple minutes this morning. But I feel like in this breath of God, that when he comes and he breathes a, a second wind, so to speak, on you, that you begin to open up and that that grind, he lifts you out and allows you to see with clarity and with vision that creates a drive and a movement in you once again to go forward into the things of God. And 
there is something that is being poured out this morning in terms of the Holy Spirit and what he's releasing. And it's part of the, the gate is a community. And so when he's releasing a breath, he's not just releasing a breath on John and Tiffany. He's not just releasing a breath on the leadership, but that's part of it. He's releasing a breath on the body because what he's doing is not in part, but it's in whole and what he's releasing. And so I, I just want to encourage you this morning to, to be open-minded to what God wants to do in and through you and to stir you up. What are the dreams that are in your life? What are the things that you used to think about? Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. Yeah. Some of you are in here, and I know, I'm going to talk about it some. You're disappointed. You're at a place that you got caught in the grind and life happened. Stuff came up. I get it. It does. But it does not negate the fact of what God put in you. It doesn't negate the fact of the dreams and the desires and the things that you see and the vision that you have. And the Lord wants to come and he wants to say, hey, listen, let me give you a quick breath again of the Holy Ghost, of the presence of God that re reignites a vision in you to see beyond where you're at, to lift you out of the place of where you are so that you can step into what's next. Amen. And, and uh, I get excited and I'm excited this morning because when I feel this, there's such a stir of faith in me. Yeah. It's not just like, hey, I want to get a good word. I want to get a good, like a goosebump going on here. But you know that the Lord is present in power and that he's going to move in such a way that is going to move you from here where you've been. Even to a place that some of you might have been in a place like, how will I get out of here? I've done everything. I've gone to every counselor. I've done every sozo session. I've been uh, to all these financial counseling. But then God comes in, and then in a moment, you come out of that place and you start moving. Woo! In a moment. And I feel like to this morning is, is a suddenly, it's a stirring, it's, it's, a, it's a breath of God once yes. again to get you yes. out and to get you in. Amen. But part of this is this, and I, I just want to share this morning. I, I don't even, I have my notes down, but I'm not even, I don't even know where I'm going. But there's this place, and the Lord's been challenging me at this. There's this place that we get into as Christians many times that it's kind of like the children in, in, of Israel in the desert going through the wilderness. And God came in and he supernaturally provided for them in ways that was absolutely amazing. And it's good. We have seasons. We have times like that. But there's a place. The better place is that he wants to bring you into the promised land. He wants you to bring you into the place that it's there all the time. But part of that is your ability to co-labor with him to conquer and pursue what he's provided in front of you. And I feel like that's part of where uh, a lot of us as the church are at right now. And it's, we've, we've got to move past the place of just an expectation that I'm going to sit here and it's going to drop on me. Yeah. Is that okay? Because he's saying, listen, I, you are a winner. He desires that you be victorious and do great and mighty things. He desires that everything that your hand touches will prosper. Yes. He wants to give you the power to get wealth. Now, I, and, and this is not a word of faith. I'm not going to get my jet in a minute. Now, I believe in the word of faith. I was raised in that. I went to Ramah Bible College. I believe in it. But I do believe this also, that with faith, there's an activity that comes with it. That you've got to step in. You've got to possess it. You've got to go after it. God puts that desire. He lifts you out and he stirs you. But there is the practicality that you've got to step in it in order to possess it. Because if you're operating at a place where it's just the miracle, like the wilderness mentality, then you get stuck there. He wants to do bigger things than that. He wants to see you step into something with him. 
and begin to see things change just unbelievable. Blow your mind. And so that's really what I want to talk about this morning. And I feel, as I said before, that the gate is at this place of, I don't know how else to say it, but it's like a next transition period. It's a great thing that God's going to begin to release some stuff. And I'm telling you what, when that launch happened that I showed that picture, there wasn't as many people. Now God's blowing it up. But he's reminding us at that moment. And I told John this the other day. What were your dreams? What did God say about the gate in the city? What what did God say about the gate in the world? And to begin to refocus, begin to to look at that. What are we going after? I, I don't know why, but... This particular body has been something that I've seen from the beginning. There are some things that God wants to do here that two, three years from now, we're going to be like, oh my gosh, what happened? And I said the same thing at that gate launch. And look where we're at right now. And sometimes we've got to reflect back of where we were and what God did in order to pull us out and move to what God wants to do right now. Because that's the very thing that stimulates our faith and stirs us of what he did then. He'll do it again and he wants to move us into that. And the Lord's going to break the grind. It's not that we're not going to have grind in our life, but the grind's not going to affect us. We're going to affect the grind. That's what he wants to release. So the question I have for you, and I felt like the Lord saying is, what is your dream? What is your dream? Now, we can't just stay there. But what is it? Listen, I don't want to wake up one day and be 90 years old, taking my last breaths and have regret. <laughs> what is your dream? Do you have a dream? Maybe you had a dream and maybe the grind stole the dream. What is your dream? God's saying, what do you want to do? I'm going to just be transparent and, and open up before you guys here because I feel like it's connected to what he wants to do this morning. But My life, and I'm not really going to get into a whole lot of the journey, but I was in ministry for over 20 years. I started when I was like 19 years old, went out to Rama Baba College and been in Charlotte pretty much ever since. And through those stages of times of 20 years, I've been through all kinds of stuff. In ministry, of course. And there are certain periods where the Lord is transitioning me. I can think of three specific times. And in all three of those times, preemptive of that, he is um, coming to me, and this is what he asked me. I'll get real aggravated, frustrated, and just like, what the heck, man? I mean, I'm just, I'm giving everything I got, and nothing's moving. I'm hitting a wall. I get caught in the grind, okay? But he comes to me, and he says, What do you want? Three distinctive times. This is not just a phrase. This is something very specific. It's like almost like the audible voice. I don't know how to say it, but when it comes, it wakes you up and you're like, whoa. And recently, this happened to me again. And I'm familiar with it. He's not asking me a question. He's stirring me to something. He wants to jerk me out of where I'm at and reorient, recalibrate me to where he's wanting me to go next. And I remember distinctly it happened here in this church. I was here and uh, I was just kind of in the back hanging out, worshiping, doing my thing. 
And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he said, what do you want? And my response to him, and I'll just be transparent, was, I was mad. <laughs> I, I, I was extremely aggravated, and I had never responded like that before in my life. Usually, like, God, give me wisdom, or something, you know what I'm saying? And I was really sincere about that. But this time, when, it, when it, the question was asked, it stumped me. And I realized I was frustrated. I was somewhat hurt. And the reason why is because there are things that have been spoken and things that were said in my life that I hadn't felt like had fully come to any fruition. And it bothered me. I mean, I was... I was over, I just was like, I said to him, I said, why would you ask me that question? And he said, what do you want? <laughs> I'm just, I'm being real, absolutely honest to God, true. Yeah. And I, 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 in my mind, you know how you're in your mind going, what's going on? In my mind... I'm thinking to myself, why am I so mad? I always knew how to answer this question when it was asked. And I left. I called, uh, actually, a, a friend, Robert McMillan. You guys know him. He's a pastor. He called me four times the next day. I, I didn't answer the phone call because I was busy. And I didn't, it just, it just got real busy, not intentionally. So I said, okay, I'll call him back. I'll call him back and we talk about it. And he said, Jason? He said, I think the Lord's trying to help you see what you want next. I said, Robin, that's the dumbest answer I've ever heard in my life. And, and he started talking and it started to make more sense. But it was a moment where it wasn't necessarily like I was tracking in the wrong way. It was saying, hey, listen, it's time. You've been moving this direction. Now I want you to start moving this direction. And I feel like, you know, we have those moments in our life. And know everybody's different. It's individual. But I feel like that the reason I'm here today is because there are people in the room that might be frustrated might be disappointed, might be aggravated, might even been at a place where maybe you had a dream, but you don't even remember what that dream was. And I want to tell you, the Lord's here today, and he's saying, I got great things for you. Amen. And I'm not talking about just as a whole, I'm talking about you as an individual. Amen. There are things that he's put in you, Amen. specifically, that this world needs. And he wants you to dream again. He wants that to be stirred up. He wants to release a passion in you for those things. He wants to pull you out of that grind. And realize this. You know, when Joseph had the dream, and the sheeps were bound down and all that. Do you think that he would have, right after that, thought he'd be sold into slavery? I mean, think about it. I mean, and, and then he gets sold into slavery, and then he gets into Potiphar's house, and he does amazing things. It says in the Bible that he prospered, he favored, he became the senior person, could do whatever he wanted in that house. He's doing everything right. Everything. And the favor of God and the anointing is on him that causes those things to go right. It's his activity, but it's the call of that dream and the anointing that was on him that placed him in that place and caused favor to come on him. But then some woman, 
No offense to women. But a woman comes and desires him and he says no. She gets upset and jealous and now he's finding himself in the bottom of the dungeon in Egypt. But that place of the dungeon in Egypt was part of the plan. A lot of times we look at the event. We look at Joseph when he gets into um, being second in the land. We look at David when he becomes king. You know, we look at the disciples who walked with Jesus and was fed directly by him. We look at the person that buys a brand new house. But with every event, everything that we see in the natural, there was a process that led to that event. And I want to just encourage you that you are involved in a process right now. And there are going to be event moments throughout your life that God's going to do some cool things. And He's going to be with you in the process. But sometimes the process is challenging. Sometimes the process can be trials and tribulations. These are the things that we don't want to really want to talk about, but if you were to talk with Joseph, he'd probably tell you it wasn't a great feeling being sold into slavery. He probably would have told you that being in the dungeon with all the hoodlums uh, wasn't a great thing. Or if you would have talked to David who knocked out Goliath, he probably would have told you that when he was chased out of the city by Saul and was in the cave of Adullam for 10 years with a bunch of rejects and renegades, that this wasn't his plan. This is not what God spoke to him. This is not what he saw. I guarantee if we would talk to him, that would probably be what he'd say. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. Everywhere that I study in scriptures, I see the process that precedes the events that begin to happen. And a lot of times we forget about the process. And I want to talk about the process for a few minutes this morning. Because the process is just as important as the event, even more important because the process leads to the event. And a lot of times the process, it is that trial, it is that tribulation, it is that grind, it is that place that I can guarantee you. I mean, one thing that I am sure in is it never works out the way that I thought it was going to work out. Now, it will work out and it will get me to where God said, but it never works out exactly how I thought. And part of what God's doing in the process and the things that we hate. You know, when you're going home from work and you're cursing because you hate this so much, nobody does that, I know. <laughs> but this part of the process that God's working things in you and through you to prepare you for the event. Yeah. See, absolute truth. I do not believe that Joseph could have stand before the brothers that sold him into slavery as the second in the land and handled them the way that he did if he'd not gone through the process. There's something about the process that you see the hand of God, if you'll see it, that produces humility and it releases authority. Because you've walked through something that's been difficult and you've seen God there and you've actually done it. So you have the experience of it that releases an authority on you that when you get to that place of the event, you know how to handle it and handle it well. Challenges and and tribulations. One of the things I, I, you know, some of you guys, I know half of you guys had never heard me speak. Um, but my, our situation, my wife and I, uh, I don't, was it three years ago, four years ago? I can't even remember now, Jeremiah. Yeah. So about four years ago, my, my middle son, my oldest son, started having seizures. 
Um, we thought it was just a feeble seizure first. And, you know, man, I was in the word of faith and I was in full-time ministry, healing miracle ministries. And uh, things started just going crazy. You want to talk about trials and tribulations, yeah. process? Man, I mean, test? Yep, that was me. And it just, it at first, the first six months to a year, I was pretty strong. As it progressed beyond that, it got, it got worse, especially when they tell you, hey, listen, listen, medication's not even going to help these seizures. And we pursued uh, means at Duke, and they said, hey, we need to do surgery, remove a piece of his brain. Well, now we're taking it up a level. Did that. They said, hey, guess what? That didn't work. We need to go in and get a bigger piece. I was like, whoa. Um, finally, just at the end of the day, ended up the second time didn't work. And I can't, I'm not even going to go into just the trials and tribulations of watching your son go through that at four or five years old. Being a man of faith, power, believe in God. And so they ended up saying, listen, the only way we're going to get these seizures to stop is the third surgery where we're going to have to remove half of his brain, a complete hemispherectomy. And we felt like that that was the thing to do. And um, so we did it all, uh, very, very challenging because they said, hey, listen, um, very likely he could be, he'll be paralyzed, won't be able to use his leg on the other side, won't be able to use his arm. Um, we don't know what will happen with his speech, his eyesight, a bunch of stuff like this. And he said, you know, you just, that, that's going to happen. That's going to be a given. I'm like, well, you know, it's a trade-off seizures or, or some of these other things. And we just believe in God. And, uh, you know, so we, we understood that. And I got a picture here of him when he was in the hospital. I think they got this. So they had just cut off half of his skull. And they took the skull out. And... They um, had to put this pad on top of his brain and then put the skull back and then nail it all back together and let him have seizures for a week to make sure they could find out the area the seizures were going. Then after a week, you'd go in and obviously because of everything going, the whole the face swells up. So then they take the brain cap off again, the skull cap, pull that thing out, and then they go take the brain out that they're supposed to take out. And this is like a, a five-year-old kid. So when I talk about trials and tribulations, I know. But I will tell you this. Um, this is some of the greatest faith-producing moments in my life. Was it easy? Was I perfected in it? Did it all work? No, I'll tell you, I was challenged. But I saw God come in in my life and my wife's more than anything before. And I got an after picture here where this is recently. He's completely awesome. And I don't know, we got a video here. They told us that he didn't think that he'd be able to walk. And uh, we had a, a video here, uh, something that happened about a few months ago related to a school. I don't know if we got that or not, but... Um, that's him running right there in the front with the glasses on. So me and Carm were both crying when we saw this. Um, just to watch him because they were like, this ain't going to happen. Obviously, he's got a little brace on. But that, that guy right there, he don't even know he had brain surgery. You know what I'm saying? He's just, his mindset and so forth. So I, I wanted to share this because I'm speaking not as a person that hasn't gone through stuff and probably will go through more stuff. But that was a tough putt right there. And that guy right there, he is the happiest kid I've ever seen in my life. I mean, you would never know that he had any issues whatsoever. All the time happened. And so when we talk about process and event, I don't know why. I don't believe God did that to him. But the reality is this. Faith. We're talking about dreams. Faith believes no matter what. Somebody needs to hear that. Faith believes no matter what. It just believes no matter what. And I, I was touched by this scripture in Matthew eleven six when John the Baptist's disciples came to, to uh, Jesus and asked him, 
hey, listen, John wants to know if you're the Messiah. He said, just tell him. You know, the sick are healed, the dead are raised, the lame walk, demons are cast out. But then in verse 6 he says this, and tell John that the blessing of heaven comes upon those who never lose their faith in me, no matter what happens. Because life is a vapor here today, gone tomorrow, but God is eternal. Faith is eternal. The kingdom is eternal. And that's the position, that's the posture that gets you through stuff like what I just showed you there. And this morning, I believe that God wants to reignite and, and that fresh breath is faith revived. A, a new sense of hope, a new sense of desire, a new sense of belief. Because I'm telling you, man, I'd be at the park next to Duke, the gardens there. I'd be out there crying. Going, where are you, God? And I felt him there so strong. Even though everything around me was going spiraling. And so in here, absolutely. But those are the moments that I know that built my faith. I tell people this all the time. You don't know what faith you have unless you're put in a position you got to use it. If, if everything is going right and everything is happening, that is not faith. But when things go contrary and you're exercising and trusting God, that's where faith becomes stirred up. That's where it grows. And the other thing that I recognized in this moment, Carmen spent probably most of the year in hospitals at Duke University. She spent six weeks at the Levine Center with rehabilitation downtown. And one thing that in the process of what God is bringing us to and through, the other thing that I learned was this. You've got to bloom where you're planted. You cannot allow the contradiction, the grind, the things that come with everything to get you down. Will it happen? Yes, we're emotional. But I want to tell you that God will come in with a supernatural strength that will cause you to bloom where you're planted. It's the heart of God. And it says this in Deuteronomy 39 that God wants to make that everything that your hand touches to prosper. Yeah. Amen. And no matter what situation, no matter what circumstance that you're in, He still wants to do that. Good. I remember Carmen, she'd be in the hospital. I mean, we had kids in there that were dying. I mean, cancer. I mean, we'd have alarms going off every single night. It was, it was a very intensive care type situation at Duke. And she'd be around there talking to everybody, talking about the Lord, down in the little thing. I mean, you know, and we're sitting here, got my kid's got half his brain skull cap off. And, and you know, I'm just, and she's, probably, she's stronger than me, actually. But she bloomed where she was planted. Wherever you find yourself in life right now, understand that God's present. Understand that God wants to come and anoint you in such a way, even if it's in a job that you just don't like, that he wants to anoint you in such a way that you'll bloom where you're planted. In the middle of that situation, I had transitioned out of ministry for a season because of some things related to Jeremiah and some other stuff as well. And... I felt like one of the things God was telling me is my message and the things, listen, I want you to be successful. I want you to use the principles in the business world. Because I hadn't worked business. I've been in ministry for 20 years. So I went and got a job in real estate in sales. This is the time that Jeremiah is going in the hospital for his probably second and third surgery. All right? So it's very intensive for me. Never sold before, never did anything. I started in April of 2017, I think it was, when I went online with this particular company doing stuff. Within April, and their expectation was maybe you could sell six homes, you'd be success successful as a new person. Now, I was aggravated. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm like, man, 
I'm going to do this, but this is not really what I want to do. You see? And I had to change my attitude. I went in there in April, and I'm not boasting on myself. I'm just telling you, God wants you to bloom where you're planted. I went in there in April, and by December, I had closed, sold and closed 23 homes. It, 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 it's an amazing thing. And I was driving down to Duke to spend days with my son, come back and go straight to work. This guy was in ministry 20 years up to this point. Going through this thing with his son, now stepping into this piece too. I doubled what I made in the ministry in seven months. And I had to because of the bills, some of the bills, medical and stuff like that. But God provided, right? The following year, fast forward, I went in to continue on. Jeremiah had gone through a surgery. He was doing better. And halfway through that year, I just kept on going. I said, you know what? Wherever I land, and I don't feel like, I didn't feel like I was going to be there forever. I don't, I didn't, I just, right now, this is where I'm at. I got to bloom where I'm planted. I got to give it my best. I got to practice what I preach. If I'm going to be a man of faith, I better not let it stop here. And in that year, halfway through the year, I had already sold 20 homes. And they came to me and said, hey, you know what? We, we like what you're doing, and we would like to give you your own community and be the manager. I was like, okay. Six months later, they came to me again, and they offered me something even bigger than that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like, what, what's happening here? But I look back and I look at the process. I look at the positioning. I look at the desire in me to bloom where you're planted. And God came in. Now, did I expect this to happen with my son? No. But what did I do with it? So I want to encourage you this morning. What do you want? What's your dream? This is so tangible. What's your dream? Are you satisfied? Are you satisfied where you're at? The Lord wants to put something out in front of you that seems unreachable. That's what he wants to do. And when it, he wants to give you the power to actually accomplish it. I want to just close with this because I know it's kind of, what time do we need to close? Okay. What's that? Um, so I'm a very practical person. I'm Holy Spirit, man. I, I love Holy Spirit. I love the Lord. But I'm very practical too because I feel like, you know, you can have the spiritual, which that's what I need. That's where I get my strategy. But if I don't have the practicality to bring it down and actually make it useful in the earth, how am I going to have heaven invade earth? Okay? And so, and I, I, I tell you, I'll just, commercial break, it just hit me. But I feel like um, a sense here that even related to the gate, there is going to be some downloads coming in terms of what God has for this next season because that's where it's got to come from and I I believe the practicality to actually make it happen is coming as well so um, there's there's just a season of stirring but the the first thing is this there's three things and there could be many more but these are three things that I wanted to just talk about for a minute is faith your belief your attitude where are you at right now Are you afraid? Are you disappointed? Are you just in survival mode? (laughs) I just got the cruise control on, man. I just want to keep going. Be honest with yourself right now. Because the Lord's here today because he wants to pull you out of that. I believe that with all my heart. But where are you at? Faith is so crucial in order to obtain 
that dream. Why? Because there are going to be so many challenges that come that will challenge that dream. And the person, and, and this is what, you know, what is your why? What is your why? Do you have a why? It's kind of like me. I, I gained, through that process with Jeremiah, I gained so much weight. I was like 340 pounds. Stressed out. Just eaten. I got possessed by the cookie monster. <laughs> and I still have bouts of that. But I got to the point where I said, listen, you know what? I'm not healthy. I'm struggling in my body. What God's got for me, I need to carry it on something that's going to be sustained. And the other thing was, I want to be an example to my kids. I don't want my kids to follow in the same path that I'm in. That's my why. That's what gets me up at 5.30 in the morning to work out. That's what makes me hit the cookie monster in the face. Amen. If it's not on the day that I can do it. But there are things like that practically that you have to figure it out. But it's faith. It's belief. What has God told you? And part of him coming and breathing afresh and new on stuff is that those things begin to come back to you again. But remember, it's that faith, it's that belief that sustains that because everything in the world, you know, I heard this saying one time, the dogs of doom stand on the doorstep of destiny. So guaranteed, I can guarantee it, 150%, whatever you come up with that God spoke to you about, there's going to be challenge to it. If there's not, I would probably venture to say, maybe he didn't speak to you about it. But it's that faith, it's the why that keeps you tracking and keeps you tuned in. It was my faith. It was my why. It was the things that God spoke to me that kept me tracking when my son was going through all that stuff. If it wouldn't have been for that, I don't know what would happen. So the Lord wants to stir that in you once again. He wants to release that. What's your why? You don't have to answer it right now, but just think about that. What is your why? Why are you here on this earth? I'm not talking about corporate body right now. That might be a question. But I'm talking about you as an individual. Because it's interesting that your why has a direct connection to the community why. Always does. If you don't know what your why is, ask God. I, and I, I'll just say this for those that are on this page. I believe that the Lord will begin to show you things. He's going to begin to release dreams. He's going to begin to release things where you're going down the road and all this stuff. You're having something pop in. You might be watching a movie and he's going to release something. Yeah. You'll feel the presence of God come up. What, where did that come from? And I'm saying this now because if you want it, if you want to know what that why is, or you want to have it reinforced, or you want to have it expanded more than it has been before, then you're going to start to see movement by the Holy Spirit to express Himself, to reveal to you what that looks like. Because you've got to see it. You've got to experience it. And it's going to be in such a supernatural way because you're going to be sitting there and all of a sudden you're like, oh my, I'm crying right now. Or I've got goosebumps on me when this person said that. Yeah. Recognize the little things of what's going to start to happen, the prophetic tokens yeah. that God is releasing in you to stir, to breathe, and to water the seed that was already put in there. Yeah. Yeah. So good. The why. Somebody comes up and says, what's your why? You should be able to tell them. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you've arrived at the why, necessarily, of the future of your vision. But why do you do what you do? What drives you? And, and that's probably a wrong Christian charismatic word. But there's something about the Holy Spirit when Jesus was led. Okay, then we got spiritual there for a minute. Led into the wilderness. What's leading you? 
the most, the awesomest thing, and I know that's not a word, <laughs> is when the power of God comes in the Holy Spirit and he synergizes your destiny, your purpose, your why, that call, that dream, that vision, that everything about that. And it begins to stir that to such a degree that you know it. It's a fire that's in your bones. And you begin to see how it interacts with every single aspect of your life. With your kids, with your wife, with your job, with your church. And it produces great power. And then all of a sudden, the impossible becomes possible. Things start to shift in your life. And you realize you are in a season of a wilderness of the grind. And all of a sudden, something's happened. There's a new energy. There's a new fire. There's a new zeal. There's a new discipline. There's a new drive and a leading of God in you. That causes you to step from here into the next thing. That's where you're at right now this morning. And God is here to drop the bomb on you. To stir you. So faith. The, the next thing is this. And I think it's important. This is practical. Goals. Now, spiritual people, they, they totally, this is like a bipolar scenario. <laughs> Listen, guy, God, God doesn't, you know, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to trust God. And, you know, the, the, uh, the bird's going to fly in. He's going to drop the food in my mouth. I mean, the, the, we, we are, and I'm not saying those things don't happen. We've had them happen. I can tell you some miracles. But there's something about if God puts something in me. He put a desire in me to lose that weight, just practically. Now, I wasn't going to wake up next morning. I know this does happen, but it never happened to me with the supernatural weight loss. I didn't get the dream and then wake up and I was 50 pounds lighter. Didn't happen. Now, and I'm not going to sit around and wait for it either, okay? And I'm not knocking that because I know that's happened too. But... If this is something that's in me that's burning, it's part of my dream. It's part of what God spoke to me. It's part of the, the puzzle, so to speak. Then I practically have to step into that. I practically have to put things down and say, hey, listen, guess what? This month, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. I'm not going to eat any sweets except for one day a week. I'm going to drink nothing but water. I'm going to quit drinking all those Cokes and Sprites. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, I, I know I'm being a little practical, but it's things like that. That if I do that, at the end of the month, I'm going to have some results. Right. See what I'm saying? Now, am I going to be challenged? Absolutely. That cookie monster is going to come every single night. Every time I go to the McDonald's to get the kids something, it's that hot chocolate chunk cookie, two for a dollar or whatever it is. I mean, you know, it's hard. But it's, that's the way you look at it. It's the goals. What are you practically doing to challenge yourself? What do you want to do this year? If you've got your dream, you've got your vision, what, what, what do you want to do this year? I want to buy a house. I want to pay my house off. I want to buy a car. You know what I'm saying? These are some of the personal things. What do you want to do spiritually? I want to get close to God. Listen, man, you, that's too broad. What's that look like? I want to grow in the prophetic, man. I want to be able to dial in and, and be able to read somebody's mail and encourage them. I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to, stre I'm going to stretch myself at least three times a week. I'm going to find somebody and I'm going to prophesy over them. So if I do this three times a week at 52 weeks, what is that? Who's a mathematician? 160 something. So 160, time, 160 people got prophesied over this year if I stick to my game on that. Now, if I don't do that at the end of the year, I might have had three. Yeah, come on. But if it's something that I set out to do every week, it happens. See, I think a lot of times we over-spiritualize things and we don't take the spiritual and we actually couple it with the practical because faith without works is dead. 
stick. That means I can have faith all day long. I gotta believe I can lose weight. But at the end of the year, man, I'm 300 pounds larger than when I was at the beginning. So there's an activity of those things. And I share this with you because that's my journey. That's my struggle. But it's everything we want to do in our life. Part of us is it's not the desert, the wilderness theology. It's the promised land. I've given you the power of the Holy Spirit. I give you vision. I give you the anointing. I give you the, the place of dreams. But I've also given you discipline. Yeah? Yeah? Fruit of the Spirit? Yeah? Mm-hmm. We forget about that sometimes. You know why? Because a lot of those times with things like that, it's easy. It, it's hard. It's where I have to lay the flesh down. But as we get into that discipline, we'll begin to see things happen. So I, I just, I want to, I mean, I'm practical, man. I just, I really am. Habakkuk 2.2 talks about writing the vision down. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because you can forget it. Write it so clearly that if you're running by, you can see it. Part of my goals is connected to my vision. Because it's where I want to go, right? Listen, man, God wants to do some amazing things in your life. And the last thing is this. This has been huge for me. Accountability. Yeah. That didn't get a whole lot. You need to have somebody in your life that will get up in your grill. Listen, let me tell you something. Uh, we started off with spiritual, and, and, and it's all awesome. But you need to have some one or two folks. If it's one, it doesn't matter. Or if you go in after this, then God will set some people in your life. But you need to have somebody in your life that you feel comfortable, that you can share what God's stirring in you, and then what you're practically doing to actually move towards it. And to call you out on it. Hey, didn't you tell me like a week ago that you wanted to grow on the prophetic? How many people did you reach out? Oh, I reached out to a half of one this week. It was kind of half. I, I, I thought you said you were going to do three a week. See what I'm saying? We just throw, the, we, we throw these things out with the practicalities. But it's the accountability that... I'll just give you an example. Um... You know, I lost 90 pounds by the end of 2018. I started January 1st, 2018. By the end, I lost right about 90, 95 pounds. Now, I gained another 10, 15 the last couple weeks, the last two months that I got to get off. But my coach, um, he, he, uh, I was in the gym. I go about five days a week. I was in the gym two days ago, a couple days ago, three days ago. And uh, he came up there and got my grill. Now, this guy... I love him, man. I mean, I've known him for years. He's about this tall. But he, he, he'll, he's strong. He's strong. He'll, he'll, he can whoop up on me on some things. But, but he got up in my grill. He says, because at the beginning of this year, I said, I want to get down to 12% body fat. He said, that's, that's, a, that's an audacious goal. And I said, yeah. And um, so he got up in my grill about a few days ago, and he said, he saw me come in, and he says, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Because I was in there, and I was doing like 35-pound dumbbells, because I was just kind of like, you know, going through the motions. He said, man, I'm tired. I've been watching you for two weeks now. He said, you're coming in here, and you're just lollygagging, man. You tell me you want to get a twist. You don't want this. And I, I mean, it, it kind of hurt my feelings. I didn't let him know it. I'm thinking, man, I'm about six foot four. I'm 260. You're about 175, five foot five, or whatever. And I was just like, man, what are you? And he was in my face. I could smell his breath. And he was like, what are you doing? I, I don't understand. He said, do I want this more than you? And I mean, it, it, it shocked me. 
I realized that I just, I, I got in a place of the grind and I was coasting. And then I went and went through some, a couple things and he came back around again. He said, come on, man, what's going on? You had a goal. And I mean, it, 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 it rocked me, man. I was like, what is going on? I don't. And, I, and so I ended up thinking about that all day long. I'm just coasting. I'm not doing nothing. And I realized that certain stresses in my life at the moment had got me to a place where I was in survival mode. I was still showing up, but I wasn't doing nothing. And he called me out. So much so that I talked to him. I texted him and said, hey, man, can we talk this afternoon? And I went back in. I said, I got to get something square. I got to talk to you about this. I, I got to get back on track again. I, I know what you're saying. And you know what he said to me? He said, before we even talk about that, he said, what's your why? Why do you want to do this? Because if you ain't got a why, you ain't going to stick with it. And I thought to myself, I lost my why. I lost it. It's easy. But because he got in my face, he got up in my grill, it stirred something in me again. It made me mad. I wanted to hit him. <laughs> Honestly, I did. I mean, I almost, I almost, I was just going to push him off of me because he was up in my face. But there was something about it that it triggered something in me and broke something off of me. That pulled me out of where I was at to the point where I couldn't even, I thought about it all day long, that I had to call him. I went back up to the gym and talked with him for about 30 minutes. He said, this is what we're going to do. He said, what's your why? I told him what my why was. He said, all right. He said, this is what we're going to do. I said, all right, I commit to it. So I said, for the next 30 days, I'm going to commit to this. Why do I share this? Because we all fall in that place, man. We're all going to come up against the grind and the daily. But God wants more. And we've got to learn how to overcome the grind. We've got to learn to overcome the things that come at us. And really, some of the main keys that I talked about is your why. It's your belief. It's your faith. What is your, what is your why? What's your vision? What's the dream? What's, what's the call that's in you? What if you let kind of just die out? And then as that gets stirred, what's the goals that you're practically setting? Are you looking at them on a weekly basis? I wanted to write a book. You know how much writing I've done? Zero. And the other thing is accountability. This is a hard one. Find somebody that will get up in your grill, that will make you mad, and hold you accountable to what God's stirring in your heart. I promise you, I promise you, if you do those three things, you will see great success by the end of this year. I promise you, absolutely. So I want to go ahead and just close out. Um, I feel like I just want to pray for you guys. Um, is that okay? Is it okay? Um, there are some things that are stirred in me this morning related to faith for this particular thing. And I, I sense just a fire of God to burn off the grind, to burn off survival mentality, and then open up the heaven fresh and new over you and to begin to release the dreams and, and vision, a sense of seeing for you. And in that, an impartation of discipline 
willpower. It's the Holy Spirit that comes in behind that. That causes you to step in and to execute what he's laying out before you. So that you may possess the promised land. 